Hello to all the rugby league diehards and welcome to another episode of Six to Go. My name is Tom Canfell and it's great to have your company. As we head into today's episode, you know how it works. We will cover six topics related to the game or even their own career. My guest this week is Nate Miles. When Queensland went through their historical eight in a row, Nate was one of the first picks every time. Playing 32 State of Origins for Queensland, I thought I'd get him on while he's in camp and now on the coaching staff. Hope you enjoy our chat. Here's Nate Miles. I'm joined by Nate Miles as the next guest of the 60 Go podcast brought to you by Mint Sports. Nate, congratulations on the Origin Series win. How are you going? Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, we're going good. Yeah, we're going real good. Thank you. We uh, No complaints this side. <laughs> well, well, I've got six topics to cover with you today, and I'll start with the lead up to the last game. I just yep. want to go back to game two for a second. Was there a moment in camp when you thought we were heading for a really special performance by the team in game two? Yeah, look, there's probably a moment during the, the week leading into the comp, to the um, <clears throat> the game at Suncorp that I, I probably had that thought, but I also had that thought at the same time as a thought of, oh, have these boys gone and trained and uh, performed on the training paddock too well, <laughs> if that makes sense, too far out for the game? Um yeah, there was a couple of moments there where their sessions were so high uh, frequency and so much um, energy that I was actually a little bit worried on how they were going to perform. But look, again, this this group keeps um, challenging themselves and, and improving um, as a group of young men, and um, they came out and performed very well. And there were stages there where you know they had to you know dig deep. I think a few of our boys were quite visibly sort of under the under the weather in regards to the way they were. Um, feeling, but they, they definitely held on for each other. I spoke to Josh Hannay the day of the last game, and he said that it was the perfect preparation for the game. Then you just echo that there. It was pretty seamless. It was, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And, and we're, we're such a big, um, you know, we emphasise the fact that our preparation's key. Um, we just got a bit know a lot. Actually, I'll take that back. I got nervous on just how good they were <laughs> were performing on the field. So, you know, the, the preparation was you know, close to seamless as it can get, and it's um, it's it's kind of intriguing to get that that feeling of so much confidence in what they're doing that it could almost go wrong. It was a real um, yeah, real moment for me that I that I liked. But yeah, at the yeah. <laughs> I still feel like I'm playing some days. So when you're in the sheds and you're, you're smelling the deep heat and you're hearing the boys talk and you start to get that second sort of, uh, oh, oh, hang on a sec. But, yeah, no, they, they definitely do everything that they can and the right way possible during the week, these boys. The build-up was interesting. You had quite a funny moment on NRL 360 being pestered about the fact that Queensland were favourites for the game. Whilst the, odds yep. of, whilst the odds of the game don't affect the team, what did you and the rest of the coaching staff do to create a sense of urgency because the fact of the matter is you don't want to be going to Sydney for a decider when you've one nil up going to Suncorp. Yes, that's right. We, yeah, there was, there was a really, um, you know, crucial moment where I think our boys all realized how they, they were meant to take on the week. You know, there wasn't, a, it wasn't a week about, um, enjoying the situation as, as we were going back to Suncorp, it was a, it was a point where we all thought, well, they all thought they 
They needed to really respect the team that was coming up to Suncorp, and they needed to respect the processes and the fans that we we play for. Um, their families, they 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 all knew they had to re re earn and um and grow together. You know, they had to go back to the drawing board almost. And and as soon as that moment happened, you know, there was a you know Bill's pretty thorough with the way he approaches all of our boys and. Yeah, he definitely let them know that it won't come easy and they have to re-earn it. And yeah, when that come about, we, we've seen a, a big uh, change in their, their training. Queensland really invested in the youth this series, it felt like, when there was a decision to be made between a younger player and a veteran. The younger player generally got the nod. If Do you feel that because Queensland have done that and gotten successful results, it's catapulted the development of the broader Queensland squad? Look, I think I think youth is prominent in our group, um, and that comes from being you know, pretty fortunate with our roster. I, I don't think it's directly a tactic of Bill um, to just pick the youngest people. I think it was, or should I say, the selectors. I think it was more an, of an approach of who's playing their best football, who's travelling the best health and fitness wise. Um, you know, not one player has come into this um, camp in Queensland camp under in, any injury cloud. You know, there's been no talk of it this year, and I think that's something all of, all of um, you know the media possibly overlook is that yeah, it'll create a scene, it'll create an article or a headline if you just say he's dropped someone and replaced them with someone younger. But at the end of the day, everyone that's come into camp no matter their age, has had zero issue with their performance of training. They've had nothing um, really sort of to reduce in workload because they're all, they're all fit and ready to roll. Um, the fact that it has landed towards a younger bunch of players it is, yeah, again, a, a blessing for us at the moment because there have been years, mate, where you know, we, we struggled to find um, players in each position that were you know, young or fit and... Um, you know, in good form. So at the moment, I kind of feel like we could pick a B-side that would be very, very competitive in against us. You know, like it's, we're, we're not um, beating around the bush with it. We understand we're very fortunate, but, you know, we, we've also gone through periods where we haven't been that fortunate to, to have this position or in this situation. I just want to talk about New South Wales for a moment. Their series this year reminds me of Queensland's 2021 series where they picked guys who really were no chance to actually play. Therefore, there were very few training sessions where everyone was on the park. And Queensland at the time picked Ronaldo Muatalo, who wasn't even eligible. And the results clearly showed on the field. And they picked Cam Murray, who clearly on game day wasn't 100%. And Latrell, who really wasn't a hope in Hades of ever playing. Um... It's something they've been criticised for. Is that something you guys were conscious of? And you sort of spoke about this just before. We saw Selwyn Cobbo pull out a game two well before team selections were even even out, even though he was probably 50-50 to play. Did you guys take the approach of, if you're not 100%, you're not in? I can't say we took that approach, but looking back now, the team that was being, or that they wanted to select, I, I have a feeling they were. Um, reminded of you know health and fitness and the ability to, to um, perform at the highest level training and then also playing. 
Um, Ronaldo Mulatalo was a bit of a di- different situation. There was, um, I think, days within the fact that he was eligible, which, is, again, is just a crock of shit, you know? <laughs> What's the point of worrying about days or months, even years between, you know, allowing someone to experience or fulfil their dreams, you know what I mean? These guys are athletes. They're the best at what they do. You know, if you go and tell a, a builder or a plumber he's got, to be lucky to work for 10 years and he's got to go find and do something else, you're going to let him do whatever he wants to do, really. So if he's the best builder, you're going to let him build whatever house he wants, right? So if he was the best to be on that Queensland team and on the wing, then, yeah, I think it was petty that they didn't allow him to do it. But anyway, we are, we are again, fortunate with, with the fact that we have these players um, ready to roll. And like I said, I think it's organically come to the to the top it's risen that you know all of our guys are, have come into camp and no one has wanted to take a backward step they've all wanted to participate and, and um, train hard what's the motivation in a game three like what what, what is it for you guys up to nil is there a sense of unity that the job isn't done yet <clears throat> don't have that sense of unity but there's definitely a um, an acknowledgement um, to the situation that we're in and you know we'd be silly to not mention it um, because it's there you know very easy to, to do um, you know what's pretty organic for human beings to get complacent when they've already got something or done something is to ease off so you know well I don't care if we spoke about it in the first day it was to remind us that that's, that's our objective is to overcome that and and perform well. And again, I I put all respect towards New South Wales. They they're going to have a team again with nothing to lose, you know. Um, and they're the teams you got to be most um, cautious with because they have the ability to to upstage you and upstage you quite easily. So, you know, our boys, if they're not uh, you know, if they're not on, they're going to be in some strife. It's a pretty star-studded lineup in the Queensland coaching ranks. How have you found working with these guys from a coaching perspective now when you played with them for such a long time? Uh, extraordinary. Um, in all honesty, mate, if I had to be you know, 100% honest with you, I always knew that Jonathan, um, Bill, and, and, and probably especially Smitty have always had that coaching um, format, you know, the... the the way they present themselves, their ability to communicate, the the awareness of, of the game. These guys are religiously watching um, not just games, but pre-cut um, vision of athletes in, in each team and each position and um, each side. They they study this game. And the, when, when I played alongside them, um, Josh Hannay included, I, I could see a little bit of it a lot more in someone like Smithy but now like Josh Hanna is incredibly good at what he does like he is I'm blown away by the fact that he hasn't been mentioned more in all of the coaching fiasco which is probably a, a blessing to him um, you know being that some of these situations are just getting a little bit sloppy and a little bit sort of tacky the way that they're going about um, doing some of their you know recruitment or treatment of players and players wanting to leave and coaches being just tossed out like it's nothing and then everyone thinking it's all right. Like, you know, it's going back to your question, it's 
it's it's amazing to see these guys still want to impress. They still want to uh, perform not as rugby league players but as rugby league coaches and make their love for for the game and and for Queensland especially is just amazing. But without doubt, I know your your uh, mates with Joshi Hane, mate. His you know, his his transformation, his journey from from playing to his coaching um, stance now is just mate, one that I never thought I would see. And he's a, he's a superior coach and communicator with the athletes. Nate, you were a player who thrived at Origin and had an incredible amount of both personal and team success at that level. Who do you look at in this current Queensland team as being the guy going forward that the team can look to? Well, I definitely know Daly's been the man for the last um, four years, you know. Um, he's What he's done on the field and with the team he's he's had over the last couple of years has just been extraordinary. And you only have to look as, as far back as his last game to see you know, some of the efforts he put in and how that changed the game, but also changed the way his team um, were performing. He, he, he literally turned it. Um, I, I would say daily, but I, I also like, um, you know, I think I, I would safely say that Benny Hunt is someone who's, who's a, uh, a heartbeat of this team, uh, along with Daly. But I, I'll probably lean a little bit, a little bit more towards someone like Harry Grant. He's fantastic with his um, footballing expertise, his knowledge. Uh, very, very um, switched on when he's on the training paddock and on the field. And I think that, you know, touching wood, it, it, actually, you know, it's kind of difficult to even exclude anyone else because they're all doing um, really well. And I think that Queensland should be um, you know, made well aware that they are in a position to uh, have some you know, extremely, extremely dominant rugby league players in their side over the next couple of years. Was there anyone who wasn't selected this series that you can still see being a big part of Queensland going forward? Uh, mate, Tommy Gilbert, without doubt. Uh, Tommy Dearden. Um, I, I love... Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Flegler. Give me some more Toms and I'll tell you who's good, you know. Um, <laughs> Selwyn, definitely. You know, I think Selwyn, he's going to... He's going to understand the the organics of, of what it is to sort of be there week in, week out and perform with the highest level. And once Tell does that, mate, good luck to the rest of the competition, especially the winger across from him. There's so many guys that um, have been part of this. Jai Arrow is another one. These guys are, they're good. They're young and then they, they love this arena. So, yeah, anyone who's involved in this squad at the moment is, is in the future. The 6 to Go podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Mint Sports. And why not check out their podcast if you're looking for a little bit of humour to add to your sport. And this week on the Maybe Daily podcast, they lined up some of the panellists from 360. <laughs> they didn't miss buzz. Can we talk about the heads on NRL 360? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's gout 360. <laughs> gout comes a lot. But who's the old bloke who can't sit straight with spina bifida? <laughs> who the hell's that guy? Always on an angle. Buzz Rothfield, he's got posture like a horseshoe, hasn't he? (laughs) He's like an egg in a frying pan that you're not going to serve up. Just slide (laughs) it off the edge of the pan and start again. He's an imbecile. He's all over the shop. (laughs) 
for more nonsensical ramblings loosely based on sport. Tune into Mint Sports maybe daily, every week. Maybe. I'd just like to talk to you about one of your former teams, and that's the Titans. Uh, what's your thoughts on them bringing in Des Hasler? Yeah, obviously they're looking for a little bit of a shift in culture change there, and 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 when I say that, I mean they they want to they want to bring a winning um, attitude in. I think you know they'll probably lean back to you know one of their senior players being Kieran Foran and the relationship he has with um, with with Desi, and I'm not sure. Justin Holbrook was going that bad. Uh, I don't think he was. I think that they've managed to have you know, a couple of really good games this year and a few upset wins. And there are times where you sort of think, oh, you know, like where are, where is their football going? But I, I I think that Justin Holbrook was extremely hard done by, and you know, I know he was liked by a lot of the players. With Desi, mate, I've never been under Desi, and I don't have um, much opinion really on Desi, but I think they're just looking for a, uh, a positive change for a winning mindset. And, you know, Desi's a winner, mate. He's, he's won competitions and he's, um, you know, he's gone to teams and, and, and really had an instant effect. So you look, maybe they're, they're looking for that. Lots of rumours that they're in the Ben Hunt sweepstakes. You've spent a lot of time with Ben now. Do you think he's the missing ingredient to potentially put them into the top four discussion? Into top four? I think Benny would have to be doing a lot of lot of work every game to be doing that, and I'm not sure if if that would be it. Um, you also got to think too; they got a they got a young halfback there now who's their kicker, and you know, unless Benny goes into number nine, which I'm pretty sure he 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 would be <laughs> a little bit hesitant doing week in week out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they I think they'd be silly not to have a real solid crack at him um, it's probably more about establishing um, you know what you can bring with Benny and, and to complement already some of their existing stars but they probably have to look at you know eliminating any rumours of, of their, their big their two best forwards leaving and um, you know big Maui's up there as well and he's in the best form of his career so they've got a couple of boys there that can really play some good football like you know, the addition to Ben Hunt will definitely be a positive, mate. He's a he's a really really good bloke. People love playing football alongside him, and he's a winner. You know, he plays for keeps. I don't think he would be um, the top four, um, you know, positional player. Um, I think he would need you know a lot more people around him playing a bit better. You're at the Titans. Uh, it's fair to say I think that they haven't had as much success since coming back into the competition competition that they would have liked is there anything you can pinpoint as to why that is oh well everyone who's never been to the gold coast or in the gold coast titans will tell you it's the glitter strip it's the clubbing it's all that that stuff but it's not mate it's just i just don't think the formula has been pushed um you know pushed and changed enough to get the right outcome i love my time at the titans and then they taught me so much i had four years there and um, you know, I went there uh, one person and left another. I, I really enjoyed my time there, and you know, my comment before about Desi and changing their winning attitude. I, I just, I, I feel like that was something that was 
you know, a little bit around when, when I was there was that a lot of the, the talk was about competing and not so much winning. And when you, you change that mindset and that, that um, you know, that language that you use in, in, in your terminology and in your games, it does make a big difference. And for sure, I, like, you know, I'm a big fan of the Titans. I, like I said, I loved it there. And you know, four very, very fun years. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the formula is to get them, um, you know, winning a few more games. Mate, it's, a, it's a great place. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to live. And, you know, we trained... We trained... <laughs> We found some funny situations there, so I still think they're they're getting established again after a few different um, issues. What's the craziest place you trained at? Horu <laughs> and TSS. And then we got kicked out of there, and we ended up in the in sheds out the back of Burley Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a fucking shit show. I tell you, they did well to keep going. <laughs> Nate, I just oh, want to... like, like I said, we're in the center of excellence, and then you know all of the yeah, just so many things happen happen. And mate, and if I'm totally honest, I, like I love Michael Sell and I fucking love John Cartwright. They were just two people that love their footy, they love their players, they just loved you know getting around them. And, and when they left, uh, when them two were, were not there anymore, it was a different place. It was just it was very different. Um, you know, I don't know what the stats are, you know, pre John Cartwright and pre Michael Searle to post, but I know the vibe as a player, it did change dramatically. Nate, I just want to move on to Reese Walsh. He's been in the news recently. He's had a phenomenal year and a great origin series. He won't take part in game three, obviously, but how have you found getting to know him? Mate, phenomenal. Mate, what a bunch of energy. Like, he's just a, he's Good young kid, mate, and and the genuine superstar of the game, and I, I'm happy to see him, you know, have his footy complimented. Yeah, actually, I would have loved to have seen him play the way he is playing this year at the Warriors, who are now, you know, as a team, really taking some strides forward. Um, the Warriors are probably my favourite team of the competition at the moment, purely because of their, you know, ability to. Like they just look like they're playing with smiles on their faces, you know. It's like they're in love with rugby league and it's showing in their football. So, reese has been, you know, he's a little bit of a, um, yeah, maybe a little bit sort of too hot to handle at some stage in regards to his energy. He's just a passionate young kid who plays hard and fast, mate. Um, super energetic, amazing to have in your team, you know, to see the way he, you know, he approaches his first run of his first origin was one of the you know, pivotal moments, I think, for him learning. And right, he's dead set being like a leech, um, trying to get as much information as he can out of out of Bill. So, yeah, look, I, you, you, you have to understand where, where your, your, your do's and don'ts lie when you're playing as a rugby league player. And I think Reese is finding that out, mate. But, you know, he's going to be a good, good player for a long time and I look forward to watching him. It's a shame he can't front up against the New South Wales crowd after last game. I reckon he would have put more bums on the seat. <laughs> he is really young, and this might be the best thing for him. And last week he was involved in one of the longest judiciaries you could possibly imagine. I thought at the end they were actually going to give him time served he was there that long. But uh, yeah. a, a few things happened throughout the judiciary that were pretty funny. Do you have any judiciary stories yourself that you can share? 
<laughs> nah, mate, I, I didn't tend to fight any of my issues. They were all pretty, um, <laughs> pretty evident. <laughs> uh, can you talk to me about Kalen? Uh, he obviously won't take part in the series either, but do you think he'll be coming back to play for Queensland in the coming seasons? Mate, for sure. I, I, I think KP will be back 100%. He, he's an he's an exceptional athlete, you know, phenomenally gifted rugby league player and um Mate, and he's still super young. I think that this year has been, you know, a little bit of a sort of detour on where, where KP would like to to have seen his year go. Um, you know, in, there's been so much around, you know, his head knocks and his, his origin and all that sort of stuff. But, mate, the best thing about KP is seeing him come back Um to the Knights and play some amazing football, you know, which he has done uh, after games where he doesn't look like he's, um, you know, enjoying his football. And, and like, yeah, I mentioned about the Warriors. You watch them boys play and they've got smiles on their faces and the KP's the same. It's rugby league. It's a game. It's got to be fun, you know. If you're not having fun um, and you, you, you're winning, it's it's still difficult to keep participating in such a high level of this of this sport and people might listen to this and say well you're fucking getting paid this and you're getting it mate well it still doesn't matter <laughs> you know these guys are you know they're people they they, they you know they want to be healthy they want to be they want to be fit they want to have fun they want to enjoy themselves and, and you know I think that's a big part of their football uh, Sean Johnson is an example to me I, I think that he's playing his football like like he's a kid in the rain in his back in the backyard with his best friends and his family, you know. Like he's that's the style of footy that is really hard to defend against and play because they're, they're, when KP's at his best, when when Walsh is at his best, they're happy, smiling, and they're just moving. Mate, the front row is nightmare. Is there room for both Reese and Caleb in the same team? <laughs> yeah, uh, I. I listened to someone sort of touch base on this and um, try their best to analytically criticise the selection and non-selection of of um, Reese and KP. Look, I suppose, if I'm totally honest, like the the way you would fit them in is to have one on the bench, obviously, um, yeah, or one at five eight, which would would obviously be KP at the moment. But you know, I don't think KP taxi's issue it's right now his defense is what has given him the most drama this year whether it be head knocks or missed tackles and all that sort of stuff so you know if you were to start Reese and put KP on the bench it's probably going to end up in dummy half so he'll be in at hooker and what, what does hooker do most of the game tackle tackle so like what's going to be the point of that you know if that's the part that he's he's probably um well, I won't say vulnerable, but, you know, more susceptible to having issues with. So that's going to be something that might might be a hiccup later. And then you, then if you want to work it again, you've got to put Reese Walsh somewhere else and out of position. And what's the point of that again? Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, but, you, 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 yeah. yeah, I think New South Wales have had the issue where we've always had someone who could sort of scoot out to centre and, um, cover a few injuries, you know. Benny Hunt ended up there, and you'd probably just rather roll with someone like Benny Hunt in that um, position where he can do seven, nine, lock, you know, center. That's 
you, you just got a little bit more certainty and clarity around your positions there. Nate, finally, just a couple of left field questions. Out of everyone who's ever been punched by Paul Gallen, you probably took it the best. Were you ever offered to fight him? Mate, I've never been offered by Paul to fight, so I don't know if it's true. But of course, people always say, "Oh, yeah, you could do it. You can. You can. I'll organise this, organise that." It's been happening for over ten years, <laughs> so I. <laughs> I don't really feel like getting the shit punched out of me again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fair enough. And the last one, we mentioned KP's struggles with head knocks a little bit earlier. You played in a very transitional period of the game from a time when head knocks weren't really talked about to at the end of your career, it's starting to become a prevalent issue in the game. Uh, First of all, just on yourself, uh, you played for a long time. Have you had any post-career effects from concussion? No, I don't think so. Like, man, it was a—it's a physical game. It's a physical sport, you know. It's—I I still think the NRL's confused about where they stand with with the game because you can't—you can't say anything to a referee. You get suspended for three weeks, but you can. <laughs> You can reach over the top of a group and, and King hit someone and, and play the next game. So, you know, I, I still think the game's confused. Um, they are doing their best in regards to, um, you know, eliminating or, or eradicating the issue with, um, you know, repeated head knocks. Where I stand with it, mate, it was just a, it was just how we were brought up, you know. If you could stand up, you could, you could catch the ball. So, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Or I don't know, you know, when it'll all come out. But yeah, it's, you, if I have to answer it correctly, I, I still wouldn't change it, mate. It was the path I chose. It wasn't anyone else's issue. It was mine. Um, I wanted to play rugby league. It was it was in my family for years, and it'll still be in my family for years. I I probably love the game more now than when I was playing, mate. So that's where I stand with it. I I, I wish for health. And, you know, the best safety to everyone that still plays the game. But, mate, what happens to me? I've got fucking no idea. But there'll be more issues coming. I know that. <laughs> Nate, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the 60 Go podcast this afternoon. I really appreciate your time. Good luck with Game 3, and you're welcome back anytime. Too easy, mate. A big thanks to Nate for coming on the show today. He's one of the most iconic State of Origin players of the modern era. So to have him on this time of year is fantastic. By the way, if you want to get in contact with me, you can on Twitter at TCanfell. My name is Tom Canfell. Thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, this has been the 60A Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Mint Sports, and that is full time.